I thank you for joining us in these seats. I thank you to those joining us outdoors. And I also want to welcome our online viewers as well. Thank you for being a part of this. I, I, I always say it every week. I'm amazed at how vast that God can reach people. So he can do it in person. He can do it through an online community. Whatever it is, it works. So thank you for being a part of it. But we're going to be going on our journey through Ephesians, and we, we have a, a long sermon series in front of us, but I hope you're getting that sense of identity that this book is truly all about. And as I was studying to get ready for this, uh, a, a little side fact about me is that I like to investigate really useless, random information that no one really cares about except myself. And so I waste, a, I could be getting smarter, but no, I'm going to look up random stuff. And so uh, I think it was last week, my mom messaged me around 11 p.m. Uh, and she said, did you feel that earthquake? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Because uh, she lives in Fillmore. I live in Camarillo. And I guess Fillmore was the epicenter of this tiny little earthquake, uh, a 3.5. And the way she described it, I was looking on Twitter. I was like, oh man, this has got to be the big one. She said everything was shaking and it was loud. And I started to investigate. And so I, I looked up the coordinates of where the epicenter was in Fillmore. And I, I went to Google Maps. And I was looking. Because I grew up in Fillmore. I know the ins and outs. I know every little possible place in the immediate vicinity of Fillmore. And so I know it's only like five people anyways. But um, I zoomed in. And, and I was looking that is on this beautiful mountain. And it's actually this mountainside that I'd never seen before. And so I wanted to, to be nerdy, so I started to zoom out and take a step back and look at the vastness that was all around, actually. You know, I grew up five minutes from where this was, but I never had any idea of how vast it truly was. You keep zooming out, you see beautiful mountains all over the place. That is untouched wilderness. The Cespi is back there. The almost extinct, but now it's back and doing better than ever, California Condor has an observatory up there. There's an untouched waterfall that's one of the top five in California is back there. All these beautiful things are there that I had no idea unless I actually took a step back and see what was going on there. The same is going to be true for our faith walk. We get so you know, fixated on our own little bubble, and, and just focusing on the problems at hand, right in front of our face, not, not looking at anything else going on. It's just the day-to-day, -day, I'm worried here, I don't know what's going on here, but if we actually take a step back and see in the grand picture of things that we have someone looking out for us, that something's all under control, it changes our focus. And so I want to take a step back. That's what today's message is called, taking a step back. You know, what if we actually took a step back and realized that God's always in control? Can you guys say always? Always. You did it. This is going to be good. Get used to it because we're going to get a lot of feedback. But God is always in control, and that's so important to remember. So I want us to take a step back and actually look at the first two weeks because this all gets married together since we started these, uh, this study of Ephesians. And Pastor Jeremy started it off by beginning this whole canvas idea that God is the artist, that he's the one doing everything. And then Pastor Jeff brought us into some of these main points that's going to carry on this week. 
So I'm going to do a brief overview so you guys can see my bullet points. Uh, verses 1 and 2, like I said, is just a recap of what's going on. Uh, Paul's intro saying hello to this church in Ephesus and the, the Ephesians at hand. And then we had verse two, uh, 3 where we talked about we are united. And that's going to be a key focus of what we're going to be going through today. Verse 4, even before the world was formed, we were chosen. Verse 5, we were adopted into God's family through Jesus Christ. And then lastly, Jeff talked about pancakes and giving praise to God. And somehow that all went together, but it was good. <laughs> but Paul, <laughs> Paul is writing everything in this book of chapter 1 uh, for one common goal. And that's to unite us. And that's important to remember. Because there were two groups of people in the church that were not getting along well. We had the Jews and we had the Gentiles. And yes, they were fighting for one common goal, but yet they were at odds and trying to find reasons to say, you're wrong, uh, I don't believe you believe that correctly. They were arguing and going back and forth and just dividing. Does that sound familiar, church? Yes. And so we read scripture and we understand what Paul is trying to do in these words. He's trying to help us realize how valuable, how loved each and every one of us truly are, and that we are all working for the same common goal. We are all actually family together, and we need to put these differences aside and remember who we're fighting for and who's fighting for us. The only way we've been brought together, the only way these two total polar opposites can be brought together is through Jesus Christ. And the same is for each and every one of us. Jesus is our binding factor. He's the one that brings us together, and that's who we're going to focus on. So our recap, we're united, we are chosen, we're adopted, we're all brought to be together. And that leads us into where we're going to be studying today in verses 7 and 8 of chapter 1. So if you guys have your Bibles, that's great. Go ahead and open them up. Or else open up your Bible app, go to chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. It will also be on our screens. And verse 7 says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your understanding. And we thank you for this love that we're going to learn about in this moment. I ask in, in this one moment that you begin to open our hearts, that we're uh, receptive to your word, and we can hear it, we can feel you, and we will get the fruits of what you're trying to get through today, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. So I want to start off the only way I know how to say it, God is good. Right? All the time, God is good. If you're watching online, I better see that in the chat. God is good. There's no eloquent way I can put it. There's no schooling that's going to get it to me. I love God. He is strong. He is powerful. He is great. He is mighty. He is strong. God is just. God is in control. He is loving. God is just amazing. Amen? We have to take a step back in our own lives and remember who God is. Remember who is on our side. Remember who is fighting for us. We're constantly trying to fight ourselves, but when we take a step back and remember, oh my goodness, God is on my side, our whole perspective changes. We need to step back and praise him every single moment that we can. 
Because of God's love for us, we have been redeemed. We have been forgiven. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom, each and every one of our freedom, by the blood of his son, and he forgave us of our sins. That is a beautiful thing to try to comprehend and take home. You, each and every one of us, who am I talking to in this whole you statement? You. If you hear this, I'm talking right to you. You have been forgiven only by the rich and kindness of his grace. And you know, it's since the beginning of time we've fallen into this trap of sin. And it, it, it's a part of us. And we've fallen into it. And when sin gets a hold of us, our it sometimes keeps us in this box. We feel like we can't get out. We feel kind of trapped. It's like once the sin's here, we feel like we have to carry it around with us everywhere we go, and we get placed in this box, and we're like, you know, I can muscle my way out of this sin. Don't worry about it. I, I can punch through. But Satan has his hand right on top of that box, and he's saying, no, I have you right where I want you. If you want to continue walking around with this sin, he is right there. You want to be of the world? then you're still a part of me. It's said in the scripture that we have become slaves to sin, that we are binded, that we're kept in that mindset. But we have to remember that God does not like sin. That God wants us so far away from it. He never wants us to carry that sin around. He never wants that mentality to go with us. And the only way that we can get rid of it is when we take a step back and see what he's already done for us. Because of God's great love for us, because of his kindness, because of his goodness, we have been redeemed. We have been bought. Jesus threw out Satan like yesterday's garbage, and there's no more Satan trying to hover around us, trying to take us back because we are children of God. We have freedom. We have the chance to rewrite our story. We have a chance to walk in who God always wanted us to be. We have a fresh start. We have a chance for a positive outlook in life. Nothing is holding us back. It says in Scripture, we have freedom. On top of that, we have been forgiven. You know, whatever we've been doing in our lives, or in some cases not doing things, is a sin as well, if, it, if God's telling you to do so. But what, what have we been doing? The things we've been carrying around us, the pain that we've caused other people, the pain that we've caused ourselves. Why have we been forgiven? That's hard, to, that's hard to get into grasp. Why have we been forgiven in the first place? What did we do to deserve this forgiveness? You know, that's the thing. We don't deserve it. It's because God loves us so much. That's such a beautiful thing. That's such a th beautiful thing about grace. You know, God has given us this opportunity, and it's been no given for no other reason except he loves us. We can't buy forgiveness. We can't earn our salvation. The only thing that happens is God's mercy and God's grace for each and every one of us. We cannot save ourselves. We need a Savior to save us. We need a mighty God. We need an all-knowing God. We need a powerful God, full of wisdom and understanding. We need a God who never gave up on us and will never give up on us. It's not about us. It's about Him. And I'm going to uh, do something totally different because 
As I was studying for this message, I felt like God saying we, we need to do something different today. Um, I'm reading about this being loved, and we, we're not able to do anything ourselves. It's, it's all Him. And in talking with people during the week, reading things online, I know for a fact that there are people hurting right now sitting, sitting in these seats. I know there's people hurting sitting outside, and there's people hurting online. There is people who feel betrayed, they feel lost, they feel insignificant, they feel like they cannot be saved, they feel like they're not smart enough, that their sin's going to keep them back, they feel sick, they feel lost, they feel alone. And if that's you today, if I'm, if I'm talking to you right now, if you've felt this heavy burden that you don't know your next steps, that you don't know what else is going to happen, where you don't know where to turn, I want to pray over this moment because I, I feel so strongly that God wants to use this moment right now to remind us how powerful he is. So if that is you, I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to make you raise your hands, but I want us to just close our eyes for a moment and just be in this moment. Lord, I, I ask you to take the pain. Lord, I ask you to minister to everyone that began to say, yes, that's me, Lord. I've been feeling that hurt. I've been feeling lost. I feel alone. I feel this, this burden on my life, Lord. And I ask you just to go into their hearts and remind them that you are not alone, my son and my daughter. That you have been forgiven, that you walk in the strength of who God is. Lord, I ask you to take their heart back and say, let it beat again, Lord. Let them know that you are with them, that they can conquer any situation because of who they walk with. That you are here. We love you, Lord, and we need you more than ever. We thank you for being a part of this whole situation. We thank you for the love that you've showed us. It's your name we pray. Amen. You see, it's these moments where we step out and say, you know what, I'm not in control, so I start to need some assistance in life. It's those moments where we start saying, okay, I can't do it, but God can. And so this is a thing. When we step back and see God's plan for us, when we see that he wants to unite us to bring us closer to him, this is what he's talking about. He wants to talk to us. He wants to hear from us. He wants to move through us. So we have to let him in first. You see... You are loved. How do I know you're loved? Because in that first verse we just went through, it talks about we had someone give their life for each and every one of us. There's no more greater act of love and kindness and grace that can be shown than someone giving their life up to, for you. You are loved. You are appreciated and you are needed. This God that set this whole plan into action has spoken life into you. He has forgiven you. And it's all because of Jesus Christ. So I want you to hear even more of what's in plan for you. This is the amazing thing about God, is that we hear that he's united us. He hear that he's brought us together. He heard that he's never given up on us, that he's forgiven us. He's given us freedom, and yet that's still not enough for God. He still has something else in plan for us. And in verses 9 and 10, it says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is a plan. 
At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. So let's take a step back, because when we read this, it could get a little confusing. Like, why does God have a mysterious plan? Well, I myself am a pretty avid sports fan. Don't turn off the channel if you're not a sports fan. Um, But I, I take this into this whole coach's perspective, because I believe coaches have great plans. Originally, I was going to be talking about Bill Belichick being the greatest coach of all time. After yesterday, this doesn't really work for my story. So I'm also going to throw in people. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, also Phil Jackson. We'll just throw Phil Jackson in there too. But these coaches have a great plan. And someone like Bill Belichick has more rings than he has fingers. And so when he says at the beginning of a season, I'm going to give you my idea of a plan. We're going to win a championship. People that will hear that and say, you know what? You're probably right. Even if I don't like you, you're probably going to win a championship because I've seen it happen so many times. And what he does so beautifully is he comes up with a game plan every single week. He watches not only his team, but the teams around the league. And what he's doing, he's looking at the strength and weaknesses of his players, and he will play into the strength of his players and then the weaknesses of the other team. So the goal each and every week is that they win. And eventually they get enough wins to go on and win another championship. He relies on his coaching staff to be in helping him get this vision across, build into people at the same time, make his players better. So Coach Belichick can say this plan and not sound crazy about it. But if we take a step back and look at God, God created everything. And so if he's coming with this plan, he just openly says, oh, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to have a a son. He's going to die, and he's going to be resurrected. And then uh, we're all going to be wiped clean. And then eventually heaven will come to earth, and we will all live happily. If you've never seen that before, you're like, oh, man, I, I don't understand. I don't know what you're talking about. And so God keeps it close to his heart so we can begin to see these little revelations each step of the way and we begin to understand just how great and how powerful he is. And along that journey, it begins to make sense. But he doesn't just come out and say it right away. We have to see these steps in between because he is the ultimate coach. Jesus was brought down in his ultimate plan to change life forever for each and every one of us, to bring us together with him. In verses 9 and 10, Paul makes it clear of God's ultimate plan, is that he's revealing it as a redemption story, so we can try to understand the mercy given to us, this mystery that was revealed through Christ and in Christ, this plan that began before the world was even formed. The mystery was hidden until Christ brought it in revelation, and these blessings have been poured out for each and every one of us. And those blessings make it possible for us to understand how great God is. These blessings help us understand that we have been adopted into his family as his children and try to understand the treasures of our life are so valuable and to live for his glory. In verse 11, 
It says, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance. This is that extra part I was just telling you about. Not only been forgiven, not only the freedom, not only everything else, but we get an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. There's so many powerful statements just in this one thing. Number one, there it is again. We talked about it last week. We've talked about it a little bit. You have been chosen. You've been chosen in advance. So you are a part of the situation. You are important. You are valuable to him. And on top of that, you are so loved that God has an inheritance for you. Paul tells us in Christ there's something guaranteed for us that hasn't been revealed to us yet. It hasn't been, it's been paid in full, but we still haven't received it. So we have something to look forward to on top of everything else he's already given us. And I was reading through this, he's cho uh, chosen us, this inheritance, something else started to the creep forward that I wanted to focus on. It was towards the end of verse 11. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. You know, as I was reading that through my Bible, I had to do a double take because I always thought it said our plan. Because in Dustin chapter 3.15, it says, For he chose us in advance, and I make everything work out according to my plan. Because I know my plans are, man, they're great. They're so, they work out every single time. It's so beautiful. Uh, but if I'm being honest, it's pretty crazy that every single time that I, I plan, it actually gets pretty chaotic. It gets really messy. At times, I get angry. I get irritated. I get impatient. And is it just me or does everyone else's plans just, you know, never really work out the plan. And when that happens, it puts me in this negative mindset as well. Why didn't this work? Am I not good enough? Am I not smart enough? Like, what, it, it makes me kind of dread going through the next day. Like, why did this have to happen this way? But when I begin to read Scripture the way it's truly written, and I see that he makes everything work out to his plan. I'm able to rest a little bit easier at night. So I encourage each and every one of you who are just feeling burdened before you go to bed this evening, read those scriptures and pray to take that burden. Rest easier knowing it's not our plan. We have to take a step back and remember who's in control and try to start seeing his ultimate plan for each and every one of us. Maybe you're not supposed to be doing this one thing. Maybe he's trying to push you in another direction. Maybe you're not supposed to be talking to these people. Maybe he's trying to push you into this uh, friend group. Whatever it may be, God has a plan for it. It may not make sense to you at the moment, but he has all the steps lined out. It doesn't always make sense when we're going through it. You know, no, I did not understand at the time in my own walk of why I decided to not have a job anymore and have to check my bank account if I had enough money to buy groceries. No, I don't understand of why I thought it would be a good idea to open up a business and then to close that business and start over from scratch all over again. No, I didn't understand why family members had to get deathly ill uh, no, I don't understand why friends had to lose their lives. No, I don't understand why people have to get sick. 
No, I don't understand why we have to go through an almost three-year pandemic. But what I do know is that God has a plan for each and every thing that I just stated. And God has a reason for it. And if I trust in him and believe in that plan, then I walk knowing who's really in control. I'm showing him that trust. I step back and I see who's in control, so why do I even have to worry? People kind of say quite often, you you seem pretty relaxed, like things don't bother you. They do, but the moment they do, I hand them over to God, and it's really been a saving grace in my life. I encourage you to do that very same thing. Don't carry those burdens around in your life. Hand them over to God. It says it in Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. He is the one to build your life upon. He is the one to put your trust into. He is the one to keep everything kind of niched in control. God is the one we need to look to. God wins every time. Say every time. Every single time God wins, he has a plan. It may not make sense. Trust me, it's going to happen. You're going to sit there like, I don't understand what's going on, God. But trust me, God will reveal it to you soon that he has a plan all working all along. So step back and trust in him. You know, as we close out in verses 12 and 14, our our study of Ephesians this week, and as we close out chapter 1, I absolutely love reading these verses. I encourage you to go home and read them over again because there's so much in here. In verse 12, it starts with, God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth and good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Now we get to talk about our inheritance. Now we get to talk about this ultimate plan as we take a step back and the one that is our inheritance that begins this whole thing is the Holy Spirit. The part of the Trinity that's not always talked about that often in church, yet it's so significant. The Spirit is here right now. The Spirit's with you every single step that you take. God wants us to feel secure in Him. Pastor Jeff talked about it last week. He wants us to be secure. He wants us to feel that way. And God wants us to trust in Him. When we trust in who he is, when we trust in his plan, it gives us a chance to then glorify him because we're seeing him through this plan. And I guarantee you, when you start seeing God work through these impossible situations, you begin telling them to your friends and your family and other people all around you. God deserves our praise more than ever. You see, God brought these two opposite sides together. He brought the Jews and he brought the Gentiles. And that's reason to praise. Anytime you can bring two people together on opposite ends of the spectrum and bring them together, just like we're trying to do right now, church, that is reason to praise. When we become one united voice 
in this world, we will sing a song of praise for all that he's doing. We will praise him for all the good that's happening in the world because we begin working together, not against each other. We're going to have a happier, more hopeful world because we get a chance to wake up knowing who's in control. So we see these verses, the importance of praising him and coming together. And we also see one of the greatest ways to honor someone is to trust in them. I just, I ask you to look at your own lives and the people you trust, I know you have that profound love for. They will constantly be there for you. You can confide in them in anything. You believe in them that they have the best interest for you. And so I know that person feels honored. He is committed to those who trust in him. And you know, when God says words, you can, you can hold those on as a guarantee. There's a lot of people in our lives that will continually say things just to massage our ears. To say, oh, trust me. Believe me. I guarantee this is going to happen. I mean, look at car salesmen. They'll sell you on absolutely anything on the car lot. Trust me, this is the greatest car of all time. It, it, it's going to last for so many years. You can have you know, a whole family in it. And the moment you drive it off the lot, it falls apart. But when God tells you something, you take it to the bank because he is in control. He is for you. He is all powerful. He has a guarantee. So when he says there's an inheritance for you, when he says you have been purchased, when he says you have freedom, when he says you've been saved, you can guarantee those words and it's never going to change. The Holy Spirit that's stated here is our agreement. That's God's agreement for us. The Holy Spirit is the, the signature on the dotted line saying, you are mine. Just wait on this inheritance. Until then, I got you surrounded. You are taken care of. You have someone that can teach you, discern in you, give you life, give you hope, give you direction. The Spirit is our down payment on our future. The Holy Spirit is just a taste of what we will share with in God's ultimate plan. In the future, when we get to share in paradise with Jesus, when heaven comes on earth, he's saying, here's just a sneak preview of what you get to, to see in the future. And I can't wait. I can't wait for everyone to be together. I can't wait for a celebration every single day. I can't wait to sing praise every single moment. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't want to wait till then. I want to praise every single day right now. I want to bring everyone together right now. I want all of God's adopted people all over this globe to come together right now. There's no sense in waiting. So we need to stop listening to everything else in this world and just listen to him. I beg of you, I pray that over you, I ask of you, enough of the world, listen to God. This whole summary of chapter one, he is saying, my great desire for those who believe in me is that you feel secure in his love for you, that you have been chosen before the foundation of the earth, that you are gonna be my children forever. 
That's that guarantee. He's redeemed us by the blood of Christ. And I have put my spirit in you as a promise, as a guarantee. Those words stated in your life that is said through the scripture to change your outlook on life forever. You will receive an inheritance and the praise of the glory will grace forever and ever because of who God is. As he closes out chapter one, he wants you to feel secure in his love and his power. But here's the thing, he doesn't promise you an easy life. He says over and over, and actually Paul goes through it firsthand for us, you're gonna face trials. You're gonna face the unknown. You're gonna have questions. You're gonna doubt yourself. But when we remember and take a step back and say, God, I know you're in control. I know you're gonna work it out. Changes everything. Yes, you're gonna face pain. Yes, you're gonna face trials. But God can come for you at the same time. It may be a time of growing. It may be a time of, of something new you're supposed to learn. It may be a, that shift or redirect that God's needed in your life. It will happen. But trust that God will be there for, with you every single moment. He wants us to seek security in Him alone. No one else nothing of the world. We seek security in him and I guarantee you're going to see a change in your life. When we stop focusing on this magnified view of our own personal walk, when we stop getting out of bed and start stop worrying about what's going to go wrong next, what's going to happen here, why did this happen, why am I only facing forward, when we step back and say, you know what, today's the day that something great is going to happen, today's the day that I'm going to help change this world, today's the day that I'm going to stop this addiction, today's the day that I'm going to speak life into someone, today's the day that people are going to accept Jesus all over the world. When we start coming with that mindset, my goodness. That will bring the church together. Then we'll be singing praises even louder. We are the first step, church. When we get united, when we realize who's walking with us, who's giving us the power, when you realize that you were chosen, not only just chosen right now, before the earth was even formed, when you realize you were forgiven, you have been equipped. You matter. You are a part of God's plan. Please step back and realize how significant you really are. Please step back and realize that the pain that you have felt, God's going to do something amazing with it. I'm sorry it sucked at that time, but God's going to bring praise and glory from that moment. Whether you speak life into someone in the future, you speak life into someone right after, whatever it may be, God is going to change that whole situation at hand. So when we really trust in him, we will see a change in our lives. So step back and look at God's eternal plan for us as we are in this together. My brothers, my sisters, our children of God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. We praise you at this moment. We praise you for all that you have done and all that's yet to come. 
We praise you for forgiving us of our sins, no matter what they may have been, Lord. When we come to you and we say we're done with that sin, please help us move beyond it. We have been wiped clean from that sin because of the blood of your Son, and we thank you for that ultimate sacrifice. We thank you for loving us so much that we can walk in this newness and this freedom, and it's only done because of you. Lord, I pray that there is just an uprising of new believers for you. That people begin to notice who's in control of their life. No matter what chaos is happening outside in this world, no matter what chaos is happening in their own lives, Lord, may they look to you and accept you, and they can accept you by saying this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I know that you died for me and rose again after three days, defeating death. Lord, I'm done with that old life and want to walk in a new life with you. I know you've wiped my sins clean and given me a new heart. So be my King of kings and Lord of lords. You are my Savior. Guys, if you said that prayer, whether it be online or or here today, you've just been accepted into God's family, and that is reason to praise. Because anybody that comes to Jesus is another one being unified in God's eternal plan. And I don't care if you're 11 years old or if you're 91 years old, you still have something to do in God's plan. So no matter when you accept Christ, you still have work to do. God, we're ready. I hope when you read this scripture, it jumps out at you how important you are. That it jumps out at you that God's plan, I'm excited to see what the future holds. Just think of the days to come. Just think of it, picture it, all these people coming to Jesus, the world changing for the better, and the most beautiful thing, you may be the person to activate them. The pain that you have already experienced may be that one step that someone needs to hear to say, you know what? If you can do it, I can do it too. You can be that support system. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this possibility. We thank you for this plan. We thank you for each and every one of us. And we thank you for the commission of going out, Lord. We need you more than ever. Just trust in him. As you go to bed tonight, say, I give everything to you. And I want to hear next week how that's changed your mindset. Amen.